Hello, everybody, and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 85 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. To coincide with the release of The Last of Us, and to conclude our Uncharted trilogy of podcasts, we return to 2011 and Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Was it all we'd hoped for, and more? We'll also take a little look at Nate's Vita Gaiden, Golden Abyss. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Tony Atkins. Hello! It's been a while. Hi. Jay Taylor. How do? It's been a while. Yep. Sean O'Brien. Hello. It's not been that long, has it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what was the last <laughs> issue you did, Sean? Persona. Persona, there yeah. you go. Yes. Yes. Marvelous scenes. <laughs> so here we are, concluding the Uncharted trilogy. Naughty Dog's epic saga um, made its debut, I think, in 2006 at E3, something like that. With a little trailer with this little guy doing his Lara Croft Indy Jones thing. And it kind of blew up into this massive trilogy. Um, and... One spin-off game, which we'll talk about later, uh, which I've only, I've played like 30 seconds of on my Vita, even though I've got <laughs> two copies, or I had two copies of it, I sold one. Um, but I know that uh, Tony and uh, Sean have both played it. Jay has played it for slightly longer than me on my copy, uh, but still not for any this, length This is of what time PlayStation Plus does to people. They play something for like 10 minutes, not invested because they didn't buy it, and then just put it down. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yes, I think, you know, most of us most of us uh, enthusiast gamers are generally snowed under by games at the best of times, and, and <laughs> PlayStation Plus is, is, is not helping that, and neither is my new career as somebody who is lucky enough to get about, you know, a handful of games to review every week well, as well. And, so. and we should say as well, Uncharted 3 is just gone free on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, with magnificent timing. Uh, we actually, we deliberately coincided this run of podcasts to uh, conclude with The Last of Us's uh, release. And that worked out. That uh, That is definitely happening uh, tomorrow at the time of recording, although many people have already got their copies. Um, I've had mine for a couple of weeks and I've completed it. Uh, that that game will definitely get a Kane and Rinse issue later in the year or early next year, maybe. Um but yes, uh, Sony, uh, like so many uh, producers, publishers, websites, uh, seem to take their lead from us <laughs> here at Kane and Rince, and they put Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception uh, up on PS Plus today. So, um, Only a small uh, download. You'll, you'll be fine. Is it like 14 gig or something? No, it's more. It's, it's like... Uh, it's like 40. Yeah, 40 altogether. some gig. I think if you put... So you wow. need 80 gigs. Yeah. Wow. Technically. And I, I yeah. think, yeah, well, this is, you know, the future for us people. But uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why Sony have been reluctant to put some of the other games that we kind of all assume should be up there because the mm. size of them are just huge. Yeah. But I, well, we can talk about this in the show, but the uh, Naughty Dog of uh, reading up on it and saying that they, they pretty much filled every ounce of that disc, that Blu ray disc up because they just couldn't put any more into Uncharted 3. So the result <laughs> it's of it, a pretty if big... you want to download it, it's a biggie. It's a big, long game, um, but yeah, I hadn't realised it was quite that large. Um, yeah, that is huge. Mm. Um, I played the disc copy of this, but uh, Tony, let's start with you. Uh, I think I actually saw this game for the first time at your place at the end of 2011. You did, yes. We we had a, like a retro game party for no reason, just, just to do it. And um, a part of that, at the very end of it, we decided to play the new 
new title in town, which was Uncharted in 3. 3D. Yes, and yeah, the idea was to, <laughs> to show 3D to everybody that hadn't seen it and how it could work in games. And I still couldn't see it. Yes, because but... your eyes are bionic. And... But Uncharted 3 looked decent. Yeah, yeah, we, we played the bar scene. Um, but I mean, my history of, with the game is, is actually pretty checkered. I mean, considering, like most people, I, you know, I, I really did like Uncharted 2, and even going back to it, realised I still really like Uncharted 2. Um, so I was quite pumped for Uncharted 3. But I kind of, I, I, I didn't play through it at, when it first came out. I, I got a copy. Um, I had some real issues with the controls. Uh which I was quite vocal about on, on Twitter at the time, mm. um, which brought me a lot, of, a lot of hate for sure. But um, to the point where <laughs> I, I actually, I played about three hours of it and I actually gave up. Um, and I've only just played through it and completed it last night in, in time for this show. Interesting. So. Okay. We're obviously going to talk about the infamous uh, aiming patch. Mm. Um, don't know whether that's relevant to this or not. Um, but it is interesting how... Obviously, it's hard. It's almost hard to remember now, but people were really excited for this game because people loved Uncharted mm. 2 so much. But it's actually been quite difficult getting uh, correspondence about this game. Uh, it's not. It's not like people are desperate to tell how much they hated it, but there is a sense that it didn't really quite live up to to expectations. But we'll come on to that. Um, Jay, when did you get your copy and uh, when did you play it? Um, I played this. I got it for my... Actually, it officially came out on my birthday in 2011. But I got it two days before and I finished it about 24 <coughs> hours after I after it dropped through the post. Hardcore. It's what? about... How long's the game? About 14 hours? No, or yeah, no. give or Quite take. Old. But I, I, I tend to play... All, I played all the Uncharted's. The very first time, I will play them on very easy. So oh, it's, yes. it, you, it's, it's a cakewalk in terms of combat and taking people, you know, in, in terms of the numbers of shots. You're just going stuff. for the ride, basically. Yeah, so you get, to, you get a feel for it. Now, I, the problem, I did mine in 8.20, this playthrough. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, not that, it's not that big a game. It depends on whether you go looking for the treasures, as it always has done with, mm-hmm. with Uncharted. But I remember at the time being not that impressed. I don't know. Well, I do know why, having reflected on it since. It came out a week after Battlefield 3. Uh, oh, within a week of Battlefield 3. So there was this, this behemoth multiplayer shooter sitting there that quite honestly pulled me away from this game. It pulled me out of wanting to invest in this title. I literally blitzed through it, put it on the shelf, and forgot about it for the best part of a year. Invest in, in what way, as in finding more treasures, playing at harder difficulties, sticking to the multiplayer? or No, I think it was just my general perception of the game felt that it was, I was underwhelmed by it. But having gone back and played it, and I think this plays into a lot of games, it played into Mirror's Edge. I had the same response to this. It sat on the shelf for a year. I sat down and played it properly with no nothing to distract me away from it. And actually, at this point, I actually think for me personally, it's my favourite one of the series. I think it walks all over all the others. Wow! But 
you know this, and I'll I can hopefully explain why as we go on. But well, this ma- this makes this a far more interesting podcast <laughs> uh, because I think you probably will be in the minority, um, both in terms of who who we have here okay. and the the correspondence on a, on a wider level. But that's you know this this is cane and rinse. No one's going to dismiss what you have to say, and and if that's your subjective take on it, then that's fascinating. Um, now, Sean. Uh, I imagine you were a day one adopter of Uncharted Three: Drake's Deception. Yeah, definitely. I um, I'm a massive, massive fan of Uncharted Two. Like, probably my favorite of this entire generation, besides Journey. And um, so yeah, day one for me. And I got in on the. Uh, I don't know if they had this over there, but there was a really stupid subway. Uh, <laughs> no. Version. They didn't have that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like you buy like a large drink and you get into the multiplayer beta early on <laughs> like a month early and um so i went and bought a large drink and yeah uh, we don't even have and... subway over here it's called underground oh really no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling your leg uh, gotcha. we love subways hmm. <laughs> um yeah so yeah day one for me and um played it straight yeah, away but, oh yeah like that midnight yep pretty much dead on but not it took a couple of days because it's a it's a lengthy lengthier one than the other ones but uh had a little couple problems with it but i really loved it so okay as a side story of course you get your you tend to get your games on a tuesday in uh, in the usa yeah. don't you which means mm-hmm. which means uh playing games at midnight is not always perhaps the most sensible idea not the best yeah that's why i'm actually not going tonight for the last of us uh even though as much as i want to but um, oh, okay yeah i gotta get some sleep so <laughs> um and for me, well, actually, uh, I borrowed or has loaned a copy kindly by Ben Ford, also at that same uh, yeah. pre-Christmas session round at Tony's. But, um, of course, Ben being Ben, and he did this with more than one game, several games, in fact, He uh, once I'd got it, he told me that I was to keep it. Bless him. Um, so I did. Uh, obviously, um, and I think, I, yeah, I played it pretty, pretty much... Um, uh, by the end of the year, I think, or very early in, in, in 2012, but I think around Christmas time. So, uh, yeah, again, it would have only been over two or three days. Um, but, yes, about 18 months ago, and I haven't had time for a refresher, I'm afraid. Uh, same old story, unfortunately. Um, and it is a little hazy for me, more so than Uncharted 2, even though it was much more recent, interestingly. Uh, so again, I will be taking more of a, a hosting role, though obviously I do have my opinions, even though the actual, the, the, the ins and outs of the game maybe might escape me somewhat. So this was uh, November's 1, 2 and 3, 2011. Uh, Amy Hennig was still involved. Uh, director also Justin Richmond uh programmers and designers uh not necessarily household names uh the composer greg edmondson returned but he was joined by azam ali and clint bajakian or bajakian um that's the first time he'd had uh what's the word collaborators mm-hmm. on on an uncharted game well as far to as a point know. they're not actually their name doesn't appear on the itunes uh soundtrack thing it's just his but okay I mean, I, okay. I'm, I don't. I'm going to assume yeah, I'm, with with those names. I mean, they they probably had a lot to do with the the more kind of um, continental music with the Syria mm-hmm. and Yemen and and places mm-hmm. like that, uh, which is 
utterly fantastic, as we said. So, um, is it okay? Yeah, the music in the multiplayer is a lot different too than the well, not a lot different, but there's a lot more like upbeat drums and stuff like that. Mm. I don't know if that means there's music in the multiplayer, is it? Mm. Oh, yeah, it's like. It certainly has a, a bigger <laughs> eclectic mix, I think, of, of tunes rather than just the main theme kind of worked upon multiple times, which seems to be the inherent state of all, of uh, Uncharted 1 and 2. Drake's fortune. We will talk a little about the multiplayer later, and obviously it is available also free-to-play. You don't even need PlayStation Plus to download the, the free-to-play version of the multiplayer client. Uh, music in multiplayer is unusual. Um, oh. But the game, so yes, it does start in an authentic British cockney pub. Um, now, Sean, I don't know. I can't remember even if I've asked you before. Have you have you visited our, our green scepter dial? No. Okay. So, was this uh, this boozer uh, a convincing environment to you in the same way that every American environment in a video game convinces us of its authenticity simply by uh, selling hamburgers? There was a lot more of. Um, oh, I don't know what the type of hat is. Everybody's wearing that same hat. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, lot, a lot of people wearing that, so it looked look legit to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, those were kind of popular in the past. Um, when I sure, even yeah. even as late as the '80s, when I and maybe even the early '90s, when I started going to the football, it wasn't uncommon to see a sea of flat caps. And I believe Jay <laughs> is known to wear one now and again. Being now and a, again, uh, like literally all the time. <laughs> when the weather suits it, it's not in summer, but I'm, yeah. you know. But that's it's more of a hipster thing. Fuck off. And yeah, so it starts off with this pub brawl. And actually, I have to say, uh, it, although it's kind of like um, a sort of hyper real comedy version of a British pub, it actually fits in with the rest of the game perfectly well. It, it, it's exactly how you'd imagine a British pub to be in <laughs> in that sort of a game. <laughs> yeah, that's, and yeah, go for it. No, it's, uh, see, this is some, some of where my problems arise with Uncharted 3, and a lot of it is to do with the, the feel of the game. Um, and I, you know, it, it, To me, it goes up and down all over the place. Uh, I think it's a, a stronger game in the second half. But in the first half, I found myself not being necessarily engaged in the same way which I had through both the first two Uncharted games. And I think a lot of that is... Um, at the very start, it had a case of a little bit of a case of uncanny valley, and I think that's because it's set in a real world location. Not to say that you know I haven't visited the places that Uncharted have been before, but to me, they seem mm. you know quite you know, I, fantasyful. I think is probably the word. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, yeah, where it, exotic, yeah, exotic and fantasy, yeah, yeah, and it's just where it's set in a, a, the London streets and a London pub. Um, it, it just felt maybe a bit too. At home, so I, I, I felt slightly off kilter of what this game actually was, and, and it's set in, and it's the grown up. It, st it starts the grown up tone, which the game generally carries on through. But you got to realise it's exotic to American developers, <laughs> and, but also the you know they they use the pub as a, a, a fairly lengthy tutorial of the the melee combat, which they want you to use right. a lot more, and. Yeah. It yeah. does, it's just not very free free flowing. Going back to it this time as well, no. there's lots uh, of pausing, uh, and now you need to hit the thing here, and now you need to hit them there. And even once you've got it down, which is you know we're gamers, you know, we know it's only one or two punches, and we get it. It's about a 25 minute scene that you know has people being thrown off bars and stuff. But it, it's through the rest of the game, the melee combat is actually rather good. In this, it's, it's no, just it's not Batman starting. though, is it? It's never it's well, never yeah, as good as Arkham not... Asylum. 
Sure, yeah, but it's it's a significant improvement from the melee in one and two, I think. Anyway, it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly like nothing's gonna top uh, Batman or Sleeping Dogs. They both have that same kind of combat, but I think it's definitely well. I, I found myself wanting to use it. and actually looking at the the end game stats. I killed sixty eight people that, uh, via melee combat, which is a hell of a lot more than in the second and first. Sixty eight murders is nothing to be proud. Not hand to hand, man. <laughs> But I know I just it it I found the start of the game to actually throw me off quite a bit, and it it just it didn't feel like the Uncharted I know and loved, which is odd. And I'm actually okay with um, each of the the three games feeling different from each other, and I think that's probably why they they did it. They wanted tonally to make it feel like you're not just doing Uncharted two again, and I think I appreciate that. But I I found it to struggle both through the pub section and through the the underground streets of London, um, and I didn't find the story at that point to be particularly engaging other than seeing the host of characters which I've seen before and being, yay, here they are. So, Tony, what are you saying? Like, the whole, the the feel of everything was slightly wrong? Like, the feel of the setting or the feel of the combat or both or the feel of the shooting as well? Or? Well, I mean, this would be an ideal time to talk about the patch that they introduced, the the controls or the aim in more specifically, mm. which is to make, I mean, there was enough enough people complaining on the internet that it just didn't, the controls, for one, just didn't feel right to them, and yeah, you know, they changed something. But yeah, something nebulous well, that's it, hard to to explain and describe. Well, it's it, what it is is if you you aim and then you if you rotate the camera in a, in a circle, before the patch it would just go up, right, down, left. So it would just go in a box rather than mm. an entire circle. So if you're trying to aim at someone, you try to aim upright, it would go like up and then right rather than a diagonal line. <laughs> And this was so, something that actually came out of the the Uncharted Free beta test, wasn't it? It was a lot of people complaining about it being in that. And no, I think it was more about when the game came out, and then um, I know like NeoGaf kind of blew up about it. So they got they actually went there and got like a couple posters to come into Naughty Dog and then show them what exactly was wrong with it, <laughs> and then they fixed it up that way somehow. Yeah, so I'm so I'm not the only one that that had issues with the controls. I think I've had no, more fundamental issues that um I I mean I the PlayStation 3 certainly at this point um was my you know my platform I played basically Sony games on and everything else on the 360 or the, or the PC. So I wasn't always using the DualShock pad and I kind of have fallen out of love with that and I found it maybe a little bit more difficult to to you know, use just third-person shooting controls on that. Now, going back to the game now and using alternative settings, I actually didn't find myself having too many issues with it, so I wonder if it was just at a time thing. But, um, I mean, Jake, Drake now, he, I think they did a lot more animation to him, so it, the, the mm-hmm. joke is that he, he always seems like he's drunk because he's touchy-feely. He's always putting his hands out, grabbing walls, picking himself up of his feet because he's always stumbling. He's, he's like just one of those you know, drunken fools that runs around the, the streets and you know can't quite manage to keep on his feet. But, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff. So just, just the general feel of the controls with a change of setting and kind of a change of a pace of what the story, you know, it's not really a great big open action scene. Um, just just threw me for a loop and it, was, it wasn't a great introduction and it was enough for me to kind of, I think I played, I actually played up to the burning building the first time around, which is not not too shabby, about a, a good three hours in, but I just yeah, it didn't catch for me, and enough for me to put did, it down. Did you stop at the burning building? Yeah, like before yeah, it before the burning building oh, happened. Man. Yeah, maybe I would have carried one on. Of the best sequences in the game. Yeah, but that's me. So I mean, two people here that obviously like the game a fair bit. I mean, was is that something that picked up from you, or 
Well, I'm going to... The thing is, uh, though I say it's actually my favourite of the series, it doesn't mean it's perfect. I think the the problem I've got, if I have a problem with it, is that the levels go up and down. It, it spikes and troughs with great levels mm-hmm. and then not so great levels. And I find that the problem... The levels that stand out to me as, as the weaker ones tend to be, for some reason, they're all set at night. So I've got the... I, mm. I, I felt the same way. I felt that it wasn't necessarily a great opening to the game. I didn't mind the pub scene so much because I felt, you know, it's a, a tight and controlled space to do the tutorial. That was fine. Uh, the London Underground stuff was... It felt drab. It felt... Mm. It, it felt drawn out, possibly a little too long to get through it. And... um I remember at the time, you know, obviously, like I said, I was distracted by wanting to play another game. So it was like, let's pick up the pace a bit, you know, get a bit. But then you you end up with levels like the Chateau, which I thought was a great level and and possibly one that I would like to see more of in in Uncharted because I think it relies very heavily on a lot of puzzles and then kicks off with an action sequence at the end, which I think is a great sort of pacing thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we go to Syria, which is probably the least favourite of the levels in total because it just the way that it plays and it's it's dark it's it's not particularly there's, there's nothing that really grabs me about it and stuff and and it just goes like that all the time so i'm not yeah syria is very uh monochrome as well like everything's yeah. just kind of black and blue whereas the the more interesting like the, the level right before it is the chateau burning chateau where it's all starts off within the forest and it's all green and very pretty mm. and then you get into the chateau and it's all really nice yeah it's just kind of up and down that way too i agree Sorry to bring it back slightly here, but um, I'm still intrigued and confused by this um, by the by the changes they made to the aiming. Was this a? Do we know if this was a a deliberate choice? Presumably, it was. Uh, I don't think they ever. I don't think they would admit <laughs> to that if it was. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it is because it's it's still in there if you want it. Yeah, that's they it. And it's it's it. in yeah. fact it's by by default. Right, the, the yeah. changed version is yeah. still the you have to go and switch to alternative yeah. aiming. Um, but it's interesting that they released this patch within a month of the game coming out. Yeah, yeah, it was really swift. Um, it certainly, I I played it all the way through with the aiming patch on after a very brief sort of sample of the other version. Um, I didn't identify, I, you know, I didn't experiment with it enough to to sort of narrow it down to, to, to what you were saying, you know, the specifics of the mechanical differences. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it felt slightly better in, you know, in the original way. But that said, you know, it still only felt as good as Uncharted's combat, which, as we've discussed at length in the previous games, is... Not terrible, but not best in breed. Mm. And then one of the things that Uncharted 3 does, perhaps arguably to its detriment, although, you know, again, we've got um, people saying that it's the best one or certainly that they love it. Perhaps it's the game that even more than Uncharted 2 uh, receives more criticism for laying on the combat too thick throughout the game. I I mean, having just played for it now and and having played... Mm all the games back to back in what relatively short period of time. I actually, I think the, the combat in, in free is probably the most balanced of all of them. Um, I mean, I was once again playing it as it should be really, yeah, I but it, it, it so. felt tight. I, it honestly felt tighter. The, the control mechanics felt tighter throughout. Um, I felt that the obvious spawn rooms while still there weren't as obvious mm. as they had been certainly in the first game. And I, I think the bigger problem comes from the fact that, um, Uncharted 2 had 
probably more spectacular set pieces. Um, oh, no, 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 okay, no, no, hang, no, hang on. Let, no. let me finish the sentence. <laughs> so it had more spectacular set pieces where the combat played a role in. So I'm thinking um, of you know, the tank battle, well, the tank chase scene um, through the mountains, which was, you know, you, you actively you know, shot a lot during that section. But I think there's a lot of spectacular scenes in Uncharted 3 where you're more kind of running and climbing and traversing the environment to get away from something um, falling. So, but and once again, like I said, I used a lot of hand-to-hand, which I never really felt I'd, I would rely on any of the other uh, games. So I think it's probably the most, for me anyway, it was the most balanced and seemed to be the most fair. There's the obvious enemies where they... You got the, the chest plate armor. If they take the helmets, and you know they're annoying, and um, the the shotgun guys, which I think everybody will bring up, which is they seem to flank you from nowhere, and obviously one shot from close range will take you down, which is frustrating without a doubt. Um, but that didn't happen too many times for me anyway. But but Jay, yes. Yeah, so so why is why these no, set no, pieces no? then? Hmm. Why? Because I, I I honestly think the set pieces in in three surpass anything that we said even in two i mean one wasn't really known for it anyway didn't no. really necessarily have any that stood out but two had the train sequence and so on and so forth but three just just in my opinion it just wipes the floor with them in terms of the, the if you will the cinematic quality of the set pieces but also just the way they play you know they are technically spectacular uh you know even to this day even two years down the line or you know you, you they still kind of amaze me with what they pulled off back then and and i just find them more enjoyable they're just you know you've got the you know you've got obviously the one that the, the most stands out is the plane section that's still great mm. but you've got the the you've got the ambush the whole sequence where you're taking on the convoy on a horseback You've got the um, the cruise ship, which is almost the entire level is this huge, from start to finish, is almost a set piece into itself. And there's stuff going on in there, which is utterly spectacular. Technical tour divorce, that is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mm. know, the whole, and, and it's really hard to break down what part's the best, but, you've, you know, the whole initial getting onto the cruise ship is just amazing to sort of see it. The, the sort of the, the 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 wave motion stuff, which you assume is kind of just pre-programmed, but according to them, it's it's a procedurally generated mm-hmm. wave. It's, a, it's a, you know it's it's never the same twice. You know it's never the same thing twice. So you think how, how, how amazing it is that, but then when you go inside the ship and when the ship actually starts to sink and the levels are turning around whilst you're on them, you know they're rotating and flipping ninety degrees. It's just crazy. But yeah. I, and and maybe I'll preface it slightly different. And I I do tend to agree with you about the set pieces. I think the difference between Uncharted Two, which is the favourite of mine in the series, and Uncharted Three, I just think the glue that holds them better is handled more interesting in Two. Because it feels Two feels like a a big summer blockbuster. It feels like an Indiana Jones movie. movie. You know, we've been saying that all along, and it and it achieves that goal with almost you know taut perfection. Three feels like it's it wants to be more of a grown-up piece. Like I, I'm just trying to think of like a parallel of films um, where like the third comes out and suddenly it's it's more of a, a deeper kind of character study and, and doesn't want to do the, the Indian... Last Crusade. Well, yeah, I was going to say Indian. There yeah. we go. Well, and, and <laughs> sort of. maybe they're just following that formula. Um, and, I just, yeah. and at times, I just don't think the glue particularly holds it together uh, as, as good as it does with two because it just feels natural in two where a lot of the set pieces you're talking about feel like great individual set pieces but as a whole they feel like they're chunks of ideas that have happened to 
to appear in there because they're good eyed good set pieces. Well, that's how they that's actually how they make the game. They they come up with the set pieces first <clears> and then create the story around it, which. Some like they themselves, Amy Hennig, if you, you which you can see on within the extras on the the game itself, mm-hmm. says that you know that seems a strange way to make the game in a lot of people's eyes, but they actually feel that it 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 makes it a more creative uh, environment for them to to do what they would do. And with three, I feel when you say about the glue that holds all this together, well, that to me is is the characters. And I feel where, th- again, three surpasses everything that we've seen in the previous two games with regards to character. We're not mm. just the obvious, like Nate and Sully and their relationship, which is obviously hugely fleshed out in this one. But the, the relationship between Drake and Elena is, is far more maturely handled. And, and just it, it's different from anything that I'd seen in a video game before you know they're separated mm-hmm. when have we ever seen a game where characters are separated and have it you know for, <laughs> who you who've been married in the in between the two sequels and you kind of think it's just uh, you know it's rich within this the the, the 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 i saw somebody today saying that you know elena was underused in this game and i'd agree but the scenes where she is in they add so much more to the character well i, mm-hmm. I don't i mean i don't think elena's probably, for me it would be someone like chloe who seems to be you know she's the getaway driver and almost just is is there as well you know she's got to appear here somewhere she appears quite deep in the first well in the first half of the game and just disappears in the second half uh, i wouldn't say was it cutter i mean he's yeah. an interesting enough kind of jason statement but intelligent type character but he certainly wasn't one that was like oh yeah he's great um and when he kind of disappears you know after the first half of the game I was like eh, that's no Real well, there's a reason. He, I mean, the, the, his disappearance yeah. is understood because he breaks, breaks his, his leg. leg. Yeah. yeah. So right. you know, and and she like admits right there she can't take this anymore, so yeah. she quits. Like, it's not. There's no reason for her to come back. And as far as like Elena being underused, like I get, I get why people like we all love Elena. She's great, yeah. and but this isn't. This isn't like their story. This Uncharted Three yeah. is more about Drake and Sully. Mm-hmm. It's that's it's it's the father story, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas Uncharted 2 was way more about him and Elena. So they just kind of pepper it in in this one, but it's definitely more about well, him and Sully. To, to bring it back in a little bit of track, right back to the start of the game, I, I did, for as, for as much as I think it's it's quite a slow pace for the first few hours, I really liked the, the earlier stuff when uh, Nate's a, a young boy and meets Sally for the first time. Mm, I thought that was yeah. a brilliant way of actually you know introducing how that, how that relationship between those two formed and um, it was interesting how Drake actually, you know, his love affair of... Um, the man himself uh, uh-huh. progress, and I, I, I like that. I thought that was a, a, a kind of a real deft hand of actually um, you know, bringing in a, a young, a younger side of him, and cocky as he was back then. Yeah, that's another thing we haven't really seen that much in games. Mm. As you're, you're a playable character as a young kid, you know, it's kind of neat. Yeah, how do you fellas feel about those sections actually to play? Um, we've got some uh, forum correspondence later uh, suggesting that. Those bits were, you know, they might have been interesting for the fans, but were they actually <clears throat> enjoyable sequences to play? I have relatively fond memories of those bits uh, being interesting, but there are 
uh, which at least one section in, in, in the game early on, I can't remember if this is Young Drake or... Yeah, yeah the, the roof chase, which is very trial mm. and error. It's because it, it's mm-hmm. it's not particularly well telegraphed of where you need to go. So there's, yeah. a, there's a, one jump in particular, which everybody accidentally goes forward because it looks mm. like, you know, game logic, mm-hmm. it looks like you need to go there and you need to go yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. You'll do the forward. It's literally like the last part of the scene. Yeah, too. you do it multiple <laughs> times going forward because it's just so obvious that's the route and it's no. Nope. It all goes a bit Crash Bandicoot, yeah. which might be appropriate, <laughs> but it's not necessarily what you want these days. Yeah, I think they were maybe just a little bit too long, but I mean, I, I felt like it added to the story a little bit. They they peppered it in again with like you're, there's a little bit of platforming, but you're constantly following Sully and you're seeing what he's doing, and it's just it's adding to the story with throwing in a little bit of gameplay in there, but it, it did tend to be a little bit long. And how about those all-important villains in this one? Marlo oh, think... and... Uh... Talbot. Talbot, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a slightly different setup in that um, there's already a, a kind of a, a, a standing relationship between uh, Sully and Marlo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the only part of it where I think they they should have fleshed that out more, yeah. because you get the impression as you follow them through the the sort of um, Columbia that there's a there's something going on between these two, you know whether they've had just a sort of a little whether they're just flirting with each other or whether they've had a a, a brief affair. You, there's, you get the sense there's there's weight behind their relationship, but it's it's never it's never really sort of given any gravitas at all during the, the course of the game. And I kind of wish it had done because I think of all the games, Marlowe is by far the most interesting villain. Yeah, definitely. Mm. The, you know, and it's not just because she's a, a, a sort of a, a, if you will, a middle-aged woman, it's, or, or, or maybe even an elderly woman. She's, oh, you assume she's, you know, Sully's in his sixties at this point. And you assume she's the, late middle age. Yeah. yeah so, perhaps. but mm. it's, it's, the the character is just more grounded. It feels she feels more plausible than any of the other sort of villains in the Ryan previous game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's totally in contrast to Lazarevich, who was this big imposing yeah. threat, and she's just like you know, a, like you're saying, late middle aged woman. But she she is more threatening in a psychological manner than a physical manner, which is to me more impressive. I think. Yeah, and I mean, huge, uh, you know, huge props to. Um, uh oh, fucking hell graham mctavish who uh-huh. uh you know i loved i i thought his performance as lasarovich was fantastic i mm-hmm. he was one of the things yeah. that stood out to me in that game and i think his performance as cutter is equally as good in this just because <laughs> he's he's just I, I like his character i think he, he adds a lot to the game you 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 kind of all throughout the very beginning you're always thinking when am i gonna when is he gonna turn when am i gonna kill him uh-huh. And there's one moment that you almost feel that that's going to happen, but then it, it, it doesn't turn that way, which I, I quite enjoyed. But uh, Rosalind Ayres, who plays Marlowe, mm. is is just such a good actress in this in this role, and that's why I. Oh, oh, there's also that weight where I kind of thought I would love to have more scenes with her. There's there's one particular scene with her and Drake at a cafe, and she sat at a table, and it's 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 really good. So it's just good mm-hmm. acting going on in that scene, you know, and it, it yeah, I, I, huge props. <laughs> it's frustrating uh, then that you know, we've criticised uh, the previous villains. You know, there, there was a more of a mixed reception with Lazarevich, 
to the uh, the who were they again villains in the yeah. first game. <laughs> but it's frustrating that um, yeah. But I think f- both in terms of her gender and age, and also just her demeanor, her manner, her deportment. Catherine Marlowe is a more interesting villain, but is she then underused? They finally got an interesting villain and then she doesn't get enough Mm. screen time. And in fact, in the end, your kind of uh, final boss, as it were, such as it is, and thankfully they don't go down the route of having, (laughs) as I recall, a spectacularly atrocious final boss fight. Um, Mecha (laughs) Marlowe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, or, a, you know, um, Talbot induces some kind of potion and you know, turns just into an a yeah. swamp monster. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and in the end, it, it's more about the emotion of the fact that you're, you know, you're protecting Sully and, uh, yeah. you know, you, you basically save him at the last second, um, which gives it that little something. But... But again, Marlowe's kind of sidelined in this respect. I suppose, you know, this, the suggestion is that as a, a late middle-aged woman, she wouldn't necessarily be able to mix it up in that fashion. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, she could but have been, she's not, you know, she's not that. Deadly. I mean, Talbot's the, the muscle in, in that team mm. anyway, so it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense that you're going to fight him. Where sure. she's the threat because of her intelligence and because she's, a, mm. you know, and that's, you know, it makes sense that without going you know right to the end but skipping or giving whatever spoilers but the it, it just it works for me on, on a lot of levels but i, I still feel there was there, there was more potential within her character well, to make it even more of a memorable uh antagonist but what's weird for me is that clearly she had a huge amount of respect for drake himself because at the very start when he gets shot and well, she mm. believes he's been shot by a cutter she's actually rather angry about the whole situation like you fools that's not what you're meant to do and then when he appears back on the scene again she realizes he's he's okay she she's got this twinkle in her eye she's actually kind of glad that that is the case and whenever she's he gets captured and he gets captured a number of times by them she doesn't go out of the way to kill him like any sensible villain would do she knows once again that she needs him to progress to what what ultimately they need at the very end but even when she's been sucked into that quicksand you know and Nate has the choice of do I rescue her or not and you know she's begging him to to rescue her but, you know there's, there's that, well she isn't to that degree is she she's actually sort of she she's actually sort of the, the, there's an interesting sort of tease within mm-hmm. a conversation earlier at the cafe. She she makes reference to his parents and that Drake mm-hmm. is not his real yeah. name. Mm-hmm. And there's a tease there that there's something in that that it has relevance to him as a person, who his parents were, where you know how because it makes you wonder. He spent the time in a children's home, yet he reads Latin and all this kind of stuff, and and knows all this history. And you kind of think there's more to who he really is, which is implied in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's there's she says right towards the end, she's holding the ring as she's being sucked into the quicksand. Can he live up to the name? And I've often read that as. Is that does that mean Drake or does that mean who he really is? So mm-hmm. there's the, and I like the kind of thing where you're kind of wondering if there's a tease going on for any potential sort of sequels after after three. You know, is there going to be something who his real parents sure are? Yeah, yeah, I I really hope they do because I I kind of feel like that 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 should they should have paid off on that somehow. Like that was too big of a bomb to drop for them to not give you any. They don't ever come back to that yeah. until the very end, like you're talking about. So like. I, 
it's a bummer that they didn't pay off on it in this one, but I really hope that they do. I'm sh- of course there's going to be an Uncharted 4, so I, I really hope that they come back to that at some point. One thing I'm interested in, uh, you know, and this can continue with talk about <clears throat> you fellas' overall experience of the game. We don't always talk about um, other people's reviews or a critical reception, certainly not. Uh, certainly only occasionally making reference to reviews aggregators, but I'm interested in the the sort of overall critical reception that this game got in relation to how people think of it. So Uncharted average game ranking score, this is across all reviews of, of 96 something percent. Now, two years later, uh, Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception uh, averages around 92%, which is, you know, not in the grand scheme of things, a whopping great difference. You could easily put that 4% down to uh, just the fact that it's two years later and we'd already had Uncharted 2. So, you know, games sure. moved on and we've already played Uncharted. But I'm interested, does that does that 92% score sort of, it neither seems to reflect the experience of the people like Jay who absolutely love this game and reckon it's, you know, the best in the series and therefore presumably one of the best, best games of the generation. So therefore, you know, surely it should be up there, you know, with, you know, the 96, seven, eights of, uh, Bioshock and things like well, that. Well, I think that, that um, sorry, go on. Or, and equally, it doesn't seem to reflect the really quite tepid opinion that a lot of people have for it. See, I'm kind of curious because I, like I said earlier, it, it, when I first played this, if if somebody had asked me to to give it a score out of a hundred after mm. I played it, I would have probably said a seventy five or or maybe even a really? seventy. That low. Yeah, and now now obviously having and, and and there was a reason for it. You know, I was distracted with other stuff. It was like I it felt like you know I just wanted to get through it, see it. Mm. I wasn't paying attention to what all the details, all the stuff that was going on. I wasn't really paying attention to the the, the scenes between them. Having gone back and played it without any of that distraction, I appreciate a lot more of what goes into it. And I think sometimes a lot of initial reactions are based on similar things. There's, it comes out at this point in the year where there's so many releases coming out, as, as there always is at that Thailand, October, November, December. There's a game, almost a game every week is being released that people are raving about. So you end up with yeah. this situation that I, I feel that some games... They don't get appreciated for the work that's gone into them because they, there's mm. so much other stuff coming out to distract people. And I think this is why you always kind of feel that sometimes it's good to release a game when there's no other – well, it's clear of these stuff. And the reaction could be completely different just simply based on the time and when it's released and I mean, amongst what else. Yeah. There's also something to be said about the hype and everything. You know, like yeah. we're, we're seeing it right now with Bioshock and how that <coughs> – sorry, how that um came out to – flawless reviews and you're getting a little bit of backlash on that too it's just course. people go into something with the tens in their heads and then it doesn't live up to that so they'll walk away with well, it, it well, not just that it could be that it's, it's let's let's not beat around the bush it's still a ridiculously high metacritic st- score mm. all those review. Oh, yeah. i mean and it's it's not one of these games where one person reviewed it gave it a high score so that's where it sits it's you know, every site worth their salt probably reviewed it and and got onto that. So yeah, but they always mm-hmm. the the reviews are always coming out either pre-release or just on the release date. Right. So there's always that, and there's the pressure of doing a review of that stuff, as as Leon can attest to. It's just uh, the thing is, what I'm curious about now is is now it's gone free for plus subscribers. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if people will go back and and have a different opinion of well, it if they just 
I mean, like, obviously, you yourself, Tony, have just played it through properly this time. But was there any pressure to finish it for the show, kind of thing? In which case, did that at any point sort of be um, add impetus to finishing it quickly rather than? Well, see, my, this is where I, you know, I can talk into where I, I think that it, it maybe drops a number of points from Uncharted mm. Two. I just Uncharted Two when I picked the controller up. I didn't want to put it down, and I, and I think a lot of that is because it's got a lot of kind of fast pace, a lot of banter, and, and it's just a good fun ride. I think yeah. Uncharted Three tries something uh, maybe a, a, a lot more mature, and I, I I respect it for that. But at the same time, um, I've been maybe it's not what you want from Uncharted. Uh, and I'm not even going right. that far, but I would say I I I've been playing it on and off over two weeks, um, where the first game was. Over a couple of days, and even the replay, it was yeah. only over a couple of days. Um, I've just been dipping in and out, and when a level, an area comes to an end, I've, I've kind of okay, yeah, that's good enough, and put it down, and and not felt the the emphasis to come back and and get straight back onto it. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, I'll, I'll watch a couple of films, play something else, and I've come back and gone through it again. And so, just it for me, it, it's not quite that that mm. rip roaring journey, and I think that's probably where it loses a number of points. But where it picks it up is big. It is a more mature piece. Um, I, I think probably the writing is better, uh, and the character studies are, are maybe more interesting as well. But that doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah, you know, I can see how the, a lot of general populace was. It doesn't quite hit the same tone that they want. And ironically, really, is that if you get past about four hours of the game, the game, the second half of the game actually does turn a lot more back into Uncharted 2. There's there's a bit of a, a pace to it. There's a you know you can see the end coming out. There's a, a number of brilliant set pieces. I have to put I'll put it there easily. Brilliant set pieces. Um but I think most people enjoy but I do feel like the first three or four hours of the game to me felt although if they're uh, very interesting from somebody that's a fan, if you're kind of just coming in just to play it, are actually a bit of a slog. Um but yeah. No, I, I, can, I can, I can. No, I can agree with that. And like I said earlier, that some of the levels do jar a little bit. And then, like I said, that you go to the like the, the chateau level, which to me, I think that's the breaking. I think that's the point where, for me, it really picked up its pace. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that stands out as within the game itself. That stands out as a level with 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 a good selection of elements, like like three quarters of that entire level is, con- is is comprised of p- puzzle-based problems. You know, each time you're trying to work out, and you use the notebook to go- uh, to a great effect as well, to, to sort of, the clues are there, and you have to sort of work stuff out across the various sort of, uh, you know, obstacles in your path. And then it picks up at the end where you, you face off against Talbot and his henchmen, and then it turns into a big action set-piece stuff, which is pretty spectacular mm-hmm. when you still down go. the building and yeah. you, you're working your way up through the building and you can realise you have to go to the roof to escape yeah. the flames and stuff's falling around you and you're making you know death-defying leaps as, as Drake does. But the fact that so much stuff is actually collapsing around you on mm-hmm. fire, it, it is actually quite gripping um, to the point where I, I, you know, I mean, make a, a final ditch last ditch at the end and it's yeah. yeah like playing that level again i'd forgotten how good it was when you actually get up onto the roof and the tower the tower like the the clock tower behind you collapses through the roof and, yeah. and basically <laughs> comes down behind you and you're trying to run away from it it forgot how good that stuff actually is implemented i mean i wouldn't say it's perfect because it's quite easy to to not figure out which way you're supposed to jump and, and end up insta-death there's, there's but, a lot of sucky jumping in this one as well i guess yeah 
Yeah, no way did I make that <laughs> jump. Oh, on there. Cheers. Yeah, it, it, yeah suck it, sucky in the sense that you get sucked yeah. towards, not sucky in that it sucks, but it can <laughs> suck a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it seldom punishes you too badly, does it? But there are certain, there are sticking points in the game, generally not the platforming, but the combat um, having to repeat sequences over and over um, where it has thrown, you know, several heavies at you and maybe, you know, the weapons aren't that easy to... I certainly have a feeling that I died a lot more in this one than in, in, in its predecessors. Perhaps I was just being <laughs> Maybe. Um, well, I think that depend, that's entirely dependent on the, le- on the difficulty yeah. you're playing it on. I played them all on yeah. normal, yeah. so... I find um, normal even quite challenging, uh, even the combat. And I find... has its moment. Yeah, it's yeah. just I've always found with the Uncharted, and I've always... this. If I have a criticism of the series overall, it is there's too much fucking shooting all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> I've said that on the... You know, yeah. But it's... Well, yes, it, it's the thing that comes up over and over with Uncharted, and we, you know, we even talked to Carl, was saying that, you know, the game has been described by its own developers mm-hmm. as a third-person shooter. Certainly, if you watch the original trailer for the original game, there's at least as much combat as there is platforming in it. Um, there's certainly more combat than there is uh, puzzle mm-hmm. solving or or anything like that. So, again, you know, we come back to that thing where is it can can it really be a classic, a true great when the thing it's supposed to be best at is not, you know. For all, for all Naughty Dog's undoubted talent, the shooting is not quite all it could be, you know. Mm. But you, Jay, you, I mean, you, I remember, as I mentioned on the Uncharted 2 issue, you absolutely loved Uncharted 2 yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah, I still I do. I still, but I, and you still do. Yeah. But you, 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 but I, you still rate, yeah, rate I, this I still one above think it. that whilst Uncharted, I mean, and I think it comes down to one point, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to the end again, but it's, it's, that's fine. It's this Uncharted Three doesn't have any zombie monster, whatever the fuck they were in, in one. That dudes. was actually going to be and the next it's thing. It's got I no blue into monkeys, it, so. and yes. what it has <laughs> yeah. are these uh, ethereal kind of demon type characters, mm. but they are explained, and it's a perfectly acceptable yeah. uh, yeah, explanation definitely. within the, the within the fiction because it always comes down to it, like the suspension of disbelief. Now with one and two. At the point that these supernatural beings and or long lost, um, you know, Religious. species of blue monkey <laughs> were. Oh no, blue monkey! Yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the, the moment they came in, I had a problem. The suspension of disbelief went out the window. It was just like okay, and I, like you know, I started picking that stuff apart, and it, and it became a, an the obstacle. Only- so, the thing about that, though, isn't that a bit like these people who sort of say, "Well, I can't, I can't play zombie games because the science behind it is too absurd." And if you're playing, uh, no, 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 you well, know, it, it's to me, it was just like particularly with two because you ended up with this whole sequence where this civilization that was still living in this town, yet the the the, the place didn't look lived in at all. So where were they sleeping? Where were they eating? This is how I look at this stuff. These creatures <laughs> yeah, were clothed. Yeah. Who made the clothes? Why? What? Who made the weapons? They had. They, they had no sense of. There was no internal. Yeah, like you, you yeah. want to. Okay. If they created that within the environment, then it would. It would. It would sit better. But it didn't. These guys just came out of nowhere, purely as a plot contrivance to throw in uh, against Lasarovich and Ismet. So you had this sort of like spanner in the works where everybody else was concerned. At least with three, it's it's they they tone up they bring all that stuff in, but it's completely kept within what they've established and and what you know and it works and it works on so many better levels than than mm-hmm. the previous two installments. 
Yeah, they set it up from like the very beginning yeah. when um Cutter gets uh, poisoned and he's all hallucinogenic and everything like that. And then you get poisoned, I think, twice throughout yeah. the game or something. And and mm. so it's it's definitely not as out of left field as as uh, one and two were for sure. Yeah, and um and again, as we sort of mentioned, um, but to come back to it, it is worth saying that Naughty Dog obviously listened to the feedback regarding mm. the final the final confrontation the final boss that would have been so funny um, if they didn't know <laughs> just like screw you we love this yeah but i mean you say that but developers continue to to I know. To, yeah. to do it in uh, despite the fact that for almost as long as i can remember almost as long as bosses have been in games and don't get me wrong some bosses boss fights are, are amazing and sometimes they serve the game beautifully but a lot of the times they don't, especially final bosses, which are often just an exercise in um, sheer bloody mindedness. And, and, you know, they can end up being wars of attrition or they can ask you to perform skills that you've never had to at any other point in the game. Uh, absolutely maddening. But after, you know, at, at the third time of asking, um, Naughty Dog didn't put one in. I don't know if Bend actually put a boss in Golden uh, Abyss. They kind of do. Yeah. yeah. They kind of do. Okay, we'll awful. come on to that. Um, but yes, fair play. Um, having very recently completed The Last of Us, I won't spoil what happens at the end of that game. Um, <laughs> but but uh, suffice to say that I don't believe that Naughty Dog got it wrong with, with the latter stages of The Last of Us. Um, that's okay, isn't it? That I said that Fucking the game a. remains... All I'm saying is the game remains good to the end. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. Well, they, they, they certainly strike me as a developer who, who they do respond. They pick well, up on the feedback and yeah, they do yeah, for sure. react to it. They don't, you know, the, the, as a publisher, as a developer, they're going to make their own edit, like editorial decision at the end of the day, but they do listen to what people have to say yeah, and, about it. And they, they supported whole... the multiplayer quite a bit as well, didn't they, in fixes and patches and tweaks mm-hmm. and stuff, constantly trying to make you know, make sure that it was a, a level playing field where most people would have just thrown it out there and that's that. So. Mm-hmm. And, and and Last of Us sounds like it's a a complete reaction to um the ludo narrative dissonance thing that everyone keeps bringing well, up with Uncharted. I, I, I wanted to bring. I mean, obviously, let's not talk about the Last of Us, but sure, so yeah. so it would appear that um obviously the Uncharted Two development team of, of Naughty Dog went off and and right. and started work working on Last of Us after completing Uncharted Two, and then another division and carrying on a few people that worked on Uncharted Two went off and. And started work on Uncharted Three, so it sounds almost like the A and the B team uh, was separated, and not to, to doubt that <laughs> Uncharted Three was anything but a great product. But um, you know, it, clearly under un, after Uncharted Two, they felt like they they needed a, a bit of a change, or Naughty Dog felt like they needed a bit of a change of direction. Hence, The Last of Us. But watching a lot of the documentaries on Uncharted Three, you, you get the feeling that there was a little bit of sense in the studio that you know they have been working on uncharted for a long time and they they wanted to try something just slightly yeah, different it definitely happens yeah, developer just jadedness. slightly different yeah. in the series and i think that's where you see you know tonally the story get a little bit darker just a little bit i mean we see that all the time in games the third one get a little bit darker um but also if you certainly watch the developer interviews they they talk about how they they just almost hit the limit with the console itself. You know, they, they're, they're maxing out all departments. They always say that, but it, it really sounds like, hmm. the, you know, they were, 
as well as The Last of Us just hitting the 100% of what the PlayStation 3 had. And But they, they saw that as a great, fun game. And I, I think, you know, if we go back to a number of the set pieces, which, you know, we're talking about the, the ship set piece where it just, it's just a technical tour de vols. Now, mm. as a player, I guess, you know, you don't need to think about that stuff. You just need to enjoy the level. But if you actually draw back a little bit and actually see some of the stuff that they've achieved on the PlayStation 3 and what they're getting Nate to, to kind of run through and, and play out, is actually really quite incredible what they what they achieve at that. And uh, it reminds me a little, I'd, perhaps correctly or not, um, remember uh, reading or seeing interviews with Steven Spielberg about when he was making Jurassic Park but also making Schindler's List at the same mm. time. And then in, in a similar way, he ended, so he was kind of editing dinosaurs during the day and then, <laughs> and then storyboarding the, uh, the Holocaust in the evening or, or vice versa, I forget. Um, and similarly, he ended up making uh, The Lost World at the same time as he was kind of working on Saving Private Ryan. So the, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, he, he found that the kind of, you know, the, the mental crossover was, was a bit too much to bear. And, that, you know, he, he suggested that's possibly why, like, he, he probably took his eye off the ball with the Lost World, for instance, and, and why there's some some really stupid bits and some really nasty <laughs> bits in it. Yeah. Just because he's like his main focus was really on making this, you know, this famously visceral uh, war movie. Um, and maybe you know, maybe if, if people obviously it is a you know, it's not all the same people team people, but there were there obviously is a crossover. I don't mm-hmm. think Naughty Dog has that many members, and and yeah, you do wonder about the tone of Uncharted taking. But actually, again, you know, and I, and I don't just keep saying this to say ah, I've played it. You haven't. Plenty of people would have played it by now by the time that they listen to this podcast. Um, and the the tone of The Last of Us is remarkably different to <laughs> even Uncharted Three. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's like I think a lot of people were expecting from The Last of Us something closer to a kind of uh, you know a, a Hollywoody take on that kind of story, you know. And if there if there are criticisms to be leveled at The Last of Us, it is the you know the the theme and the sort of characterization the basic premise is not original not in any way um but actually the tone of the thing is really really understated and and um you know it's a million miles removed from the hollywood bombast of of the uncharted games it really is that you can you can sense that there's a relationship you know certain ways but you know the engine the way the the way the characters look and mm-hmm. move and, and and a certain sense of the feel but the tone is so far removed there's a couple of scenes i, w- I want to bring up just before we move on as well um this just because i I'm, I'm glad i actually sat down and played uncharted 3 to the end because they they do stick out massively in my mind i think we'll continue to do so and one, I know a lot of people talk about the, the ship and how it kind of turns over and you have to work through it. And I, I think, you know, that technically that's very interesting. But the one that really got me was actually when you're working your way through the ship graveyard. So it's a place that's been, yeah. you know, all the ships have been rusted and docked up and you're working your way through holes and outside. There's a, there's a bit of a, a difficult um, gun battle <coughs> through that section. But uh, there's another section where you're trying to get to the, the big liner, uh, which is ultimately your, your way out. And you're climbing through the ships, but they make the ships look like they're actually old kind of whale carcasses up on the beach. You know, all these struts and sterns are sticking out and just the rib cages of these ships and you're climbing through. It just looked gorgeous. It really jumped out to me. And, um, you know, visually, I, I think that's one of the, the greatest things they've achieved in any Uncharted game. Yeah, there's that moment where you're um, kind of shimmying across the side of a ship and then it just pans mm. away out. 
It just looks, yeah, it's a gorgeous looking shot. Um, this game's full of them. I mean, yeah, it's a great level. I, I, I kind of, to me, those always felt the most video gamey to some degree as well. But mm. um, I got to say, my fa- my favorite bit as I played it again this afternoon is the the chase sequence where you're chasing Talbot through the town. Mm. I think that's mm. just, yeah. and it's like a chase sequence is not. It's been done before. I mean, every Assassin's Creed game has a chase sequence, <laughs> yeah. but they're done. It's just done with such a plumb with this. this mm-hmm. um, you know the way you're jumping through windows, crashing through, and it's like these these like born. Yeah. well two or three second cut sequences, but they're they're in, they're they're intercut with the gameplay seamlessly. You know, like it's yeah. just and it, it is it's such a well paced scene. It's just like constant, and it's a good sort of what 15, 15 minute sort of sequence. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I absolutely thing. adore that 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 just that particular bit of the level. I think it's absolutely and, great. And another one I'd bring up as well is um, the Desert Walk, which mm. I, I feel like mm. we've had this, certainly in Uncharted 2, the, the slow-paced walk of trying to get someone just kind of re, you know, regaining your senses. But the Desert Walk, once again, they, these are long scenes, so it, 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 it almost felt like it's a lot longer than it was, and I'm sure it's probably 10 minutes. If you just crashed, you know, there's a yeah. big plane crash down yeah. into the desert, uh, you managed ridiculously to survive by jumping. Was it you jump on the <laughs> car that's coming out? I don't know. It's re- you get onto a parachute anyway. Mm. Um, and then you, the realization is that great, you survived this plane crash, but now you're in the middle of the desert and you know with, with nowhere to go. You see mirages and stuff mm. trying to head towards a town. But just his pace and the climb out the sand dunes. And, and I was playing this, I think it was like, like half one in the morning. I just yeah. wanted to continue playing it, so I was really tired, and I and I honestly felt like I was drifting in and out with Jake walking up these sand dunes. <laughs> and it, once again, technically simulating you climbing up the side of something and it having it giving away and it feeling like sand, the way they they kind of did with the snow in, in Uncharted mm. Two, it's it's very very clever. But like just the the heat and his movement and the whole reaction of what Drake's going through at that point, or Nate's going through at that point, really kind of got to me. I was like, oh wow, yeah, I, I do feel like I'm. Pushing through that, I actually get quite uncomfortable playing that level. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just you do get into because of his body language mm-hmm. that's conveyed through the animation and his, you know, obviously the voice work where he's panting and gasp, you know, all that kind of stuff. I actually find it, it it's a fantastic looking level, particularly the, the the very first bit. And I remember this the very first time I played this. I thought it was a cutscene, and yeah. I was standing on top of that dune, and you've got that long wide <laughs> shot. Mm-hmm. Where you just see the tiny little Drake standing on the dune, and I was watching it, thinking, "Why is he not fucking moving?" And then I realised, <laughs> "Oh, I've got to move him." <laughs> you got love and, games, and they did yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that that's pretty damned impressive." Because it looked, it looked, it it still looks impressive. Yeah. And as you see the sand sort of filtering down the side of the uh, the dune as you walk over the very ridge of it, and. Um, yeah, it's great, but it always makes me feel uncomfortable playing it. <laughs> but that, that, just... once again, the, and this is always video game logic, right? Because once you get there and you've you've kind of dragged yourself, and you, you find a town that's no longer used, but it, mm. you know, it ha- strangely, it has you know a load of enemy troops in, yeah. and you and you go through a massive gunfight, and you you come out the other side unscathed, and you get on the back of a horse, and it's like one minute ago I was so desperate for water, and I, right. I was nearly yeah. dead, and now you know I, I'm taking down the army. I yeah. always feel it needs a cutscene, just a a, a fight Five second sequence where he steals the water bottle off one of those right. dead guys yeah. and t- <laughs> takes the water. Just take a swig. Yeah, because yeah, you always think, how long's he gone now? Because it's the next time mm-hmm. you actually see him isn't until after he's been rescued, and it's the night sequence with him and Salim, <clears throat> and then he's yeah. drinking, and you kind of think, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Do, am I right in thinking again? Your your memories are, are fresher and 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 so on. But I don't have a recollection that there were as many good dialogues between Nate and his cast than in the previous games. Not as many frothy, oh, no, no, pithy no, zingers. Yeah, and... I'm, I'm, no, there is. There's, there's probably more. I mean, okay. I, I, I spent a, a portion of today just watching all the cut sequences again. Just And, mm. and there's a lot of this stuff that you, you don't hear because it's within the gameplay as well. Just little, particularly between him and Cutter. I think their relationship, I want to see that fleshed mm. out. I want to see mm-hmm. how those two, because you assume Cutter... He's, I think there's a reference, is it? He might be ex-army or, or he definitely seems to be. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So you, you get this, uh, you know, I think he's a really interesting character and there's a, there's a real good rapport between the two of them. You see it in the cut sequences. You see it in the way they're always, you know, little jabs at each other, sarcasm or whatever. And it's, you know, but there's one there's one moment where, where there is, it's when they meet, they all meet up in Syria and, and, uh, you know, Drake says, we've been trying to get hold of you for 24 hours. Where the hell have you been? And Cutter says, well, my, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my minutes run out. <laughs> and Drake's like, well, you're using a prepaid phone? And then he said, yeah, oh, those contracts yeah, are, are disgusting. <laughs> and and yeah. and then uh, Chloe looks at him and says, well, mine's broken. And it's just, it's like, ah. <laughs> it's already dated that conversation because it's actually generally better to be on a contract. Now. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just, that was funny. I, I think what it comes from is that, that there's not the, the banter between uh, Nate and Elena and um, Chloe. Yeah, I think that there's yeah, that a particular weird tri- sexual triumvirate, tension yeah. between those. And yeah, it, yeah, I'd say it's yeah. more of a kind of Hollywood blockbuster vibe to it. Where I think that the dialogue's probably actually better written in free, but it's just delivered mm-hmm. in a kind of more of a, a serious monotone. So there's, oh, there's yeah, a lot I mean, of great dialogue between um, Nate and Sully, but yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably less less fun to watch, shall we say? And- and the stuff between him and Elena, like the idea that you get is that they were, I'm assuming they were married and mm. then divorced. Mm-hmm. So that it wouldn't be as flirty, I don't think, as it is in, in the second one. So it's not. It's no, not that as, would be like, weird. Fun, right? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, that, that to me is something that I'm not entirely sure that they, I think they're just separated because right at the end, he's wearing mm-hmm. a ring again. So mm-hmm. if, you know, yeah. obviously with a divorce, that's irrelevant. <laughs> but sure, yeah, yeah I yeah. assume I, they've I, just I, been separated because I think the whole mm-hmm. the whole game seems to be about the way that Nate's kept everybody, as they, they reference, as the writers, uh, Amy Hennig references that nate's been keeping everybody uh, uh, he always keeps his distance At he bay. doesn't he yeah. doesn't commit or doesn't you know and, and, and there's an element of the whole story is about that and him sort of you know resigning that he has feelings for these mm-hmm. people these are his family you know mm-hmm. so let's hear from one of our forumites regular and uh, reliable correspondent alex 79 uk uh, star of the castlevania <laughs> <laughs> Symphony of the Night issue, I felt. Uh, but he, unlike his, uh, in the end, his unbridled enthusiasm for Castlevania, doesn't feel the same way about Uncharted 3. He says, I was well excited for Uncharted 3. I absolutely loved the first two games and totally bought into the hype machine for the third instalment. I'll say right from the start that I thought the game was a real disappointment. I thought the flashback sequences in which you played a young Drake were beyond tedious and contributed towards huge sections of the game where nothing really happened. I thought the story was dull, the characters seemed to be totally hamming it up, and the combat in several places nothing short of a frustrating mess. I was only playing on normal and found I needed to replay some parts in excess of 20 or 30 times before clearing out the enemies. 
From memory, there seemed to be loads of fights where Drake was pitted against several enemies all armed with rocket launchers, or even tanks. The locations were uninspired, and the whole game just seemed to be a poor parody of an Uncharted game. Having said all this, I still feel I'd like to replay it at some point, if only, if only to give it a second chance. There were parts of the game I enjoyed, small sections that seemed to still have that Uncharted magic, but they were few and far between. I'd be interested to see if anyone cites this third game as their favourite game <laughs> in the series, because it seems to me that it just objectively isn't. <laughs> objectively? There you go. Yeah. yeah. I've not written the series off, and I'll definitely be buying whatever version is released next, probably on a next-gen machine, but I really think Naughty Dog dropped the ball with this one. Could it be because they'd already started work on The Last of Us? I have no idea. Pure speculation from a total layman's point of view, but suffice to say, definitely a low point of the main trilogy. Oh, Jay, Jay it's your favourite song. Well, well, no, he's entitled to his... I mean, I'm not going to disagree with anybody's opinion on it. Well, I mean, yeah, he says... He, he's saying that objectively you're not entitled to your, entitled to your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can take him to task. Well, the thing is, like he says himself, he... he, he and I'm, I assume he's a plus subscriber, so he's going to get the chance to replay it again. I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. And I'd be curious to hear. Him. And I, I mean, if if yeah. need be, play it on an easier difficulty because I think yeah. that plays a lot into this. Mm-hmm. Well, and even Carl talking about on the, on the Uncharted Two show how you know he was having a horrid time playing it on the harder difficulties. Yeah, put it on very easy and actually found the combat relatively fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and I played it through on easy again just because I had difficulties obviously first time when I played through it. So. Uh, you know, that's probably why I found the combat to be tolerable so much on this one. Yeah, it's it's worth saying. I mean, I, I don't suppose too many people who listen to to Kane and Rince feel differently to this, but as much as we all, you know, we might consider ourselves in quotes hardcore gamers and whatever, that doesn't necessarily translate to the fact that you have to play everything on the hardest setting, get a thousand mm-hmm. yeah. gamer score or the platinum trophy or whatever. Play the game in whatever way is the most enjoyable, um, and if that means playing it on an easier setting, even if you're quite capable, you know, with maybe a bit more effort of completing it on the hardest setting, if you're having less fun, what's the fucking point? It's just self-defeating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't necessarily know that a game is better on a different setting unless you sure, try yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes no, games that, are used... really boring on easy. Yeah, so. I mean, my approach is literally to to play it through on the easy settings on any game because I don't yeah. I don't want to get bogged down. That doesn't always work, does yeah. it? But if That's... the game, if I feel there's enough there, I'll always go back and play it on harder settings to, just yeah. because it's always a bit more of a challenge, and you know what's coming, so it makes those but challenges ha- less of an issue as well. Had... This is more of a general uh, point, but mm. haven't you ever suffered the? The situation where, you know, like, say, a Halo game, they are really quite dull on the lower yeah, difficulty Gears settings. Well. Gears of War. So isn't there the possibility that you go, well, this game's shit. I'm not going to bother playing that again on normal, even though no, you're missing because out if on I, better if I experience. start to feel like that way, usually, you know, you've played enough games that you start to, you can... If you feel it's too easy, you 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 know where the problem lies, so you might up the difficulty or start again uh, on a harder setting. And I think if Uncharted... I know some people won't agree, but I, I I think it's general consensus that the combat is the weakest part of the of the experience. So if to anything mm. to make the combat seem that much more one easier or two yeah, more fun, I'm, I'm, I'm willing yeah. to to take a bit of pride and say, yeah, whatever. The <laughs> weird thing with this is I don't, yeah. I've never really felt I've got a problem with the shooting mechanic as yeah. such. It's just there's a lot of it. Like it's wave usually end up with two or three waves in every sequence. And and that's where I feel that if I'm playing this on a harder setting, it just takes so long to get through to it. 
So it's just yeah. to speed up the process. I just play it on easier settings but, because I don't want to. I don't want to spend an hour having to clear out the serial level just because it takes. Because you've got to go cautiously rather than, you know, steamroller through them. Again, like I should be able to describe this better. What I'm what I'm getting at, um, but it really does count. Come down to a feel thing, and for me. As much as I've enjoyed all three Uncharted games that I've played, um, the combat never feels quite right. It's it's that nebulous, mystical thing where uh, I was actually trying to write about a game. Um, I won't even name it because um, I haven't fully formulated my, my opinions on it, but trying to describe that all-important feel, that player feedback. There's something about just firing a bullet in Uncharted and, mm-hmm. and it hitting the target, which never feels, you never get, quite get mm-hmm. the right level of feedback. Um, it always feels like slightly spongy or wishy-washy or soft. It, it's not that necessarily that the enemies take too many bullets, although sometimes they do. It's just a general... I don't know whether it's the animation or the audio visual feedback or, or what, but something's not, it's not terrible. It's mm. never been terrible. Um, it's just not as absolutely crisp spot on. And, you know, just doesn't quite have that same thrill. Yeah, as, it might even be the, other the, third person the length of the camera angle or anything like that. Like I, I feel, mm. I, I know what you mean. It feels like there's, there's slightly disconnected between putting the trigger yeah. and the animation and all that, all that stuff. It feels like there is mm. a, a a barrier it's just, of some yeah, like a sheen that's just off. not quite yeah. quite there to make it you know along with all the rest of the stuff which you know is quite you know impressive and i think some of that i mentioned this on too i think some of that may be down to the fact that it has to achieve so much so it's not just a third person shooter you know he has to shoot from all angles climb traverse do multiple things mm. Um, mm. rather than just you know maybe but you more, might make more a games make a are kind of becoming like that and uh and again, sorry to mention it one more time, but it is relevant and it will become more relevant. The Last of Us, uh, <laughs> although, uh, you know, he is not, your character is not Nathan Drake. Um, I would say that the the controls, both in terms of environmental navigation and combat, are tighter in every respect. Um, hence, probably some of the reviews the game's getting, um, mm. as well but- as all the other stuff it does. But and just to come back to um, Alex's point about um, uh, kind of like locales and how it's you know, it wasn't quite as, as interesting and inspiring. Mm. I, I think I, I do agree with that. I think that they're they're overshadowed by individual set pieces within those. If that makes sense, like I, I, you know, they they draw out, but I think you know the places that you go into in Uncharted Two are probably more interesting because it's a bit of a, a rip roaring ride. Um, oh. Like yeah, I said, I'd London say... to me just it it didn't connect. It didn't feel right within the Uncharted franchise. But the the uh, to me Uncharted Two has the when you when I think back on Uncharted Two, it feels almost the same at a certain level. Where you know people talk about the village sequence, whether it's the tank or whether you, it's the pre-tank sequence where you're walking through the the undestroyed village. But it's like, well, what about the other levels? What about the level when you're in the ice caves? That seems quite forgettable to a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh-huh. you, you end up with all the, like when you compare the two, there's, there is a balance that's struck even in, in, in the, well, let's just say one, uh, two and three, because I think one is quite plain in, in a lot of respects with mm-hmm. the set piece stuff. But Yeah, but I'm thinking about so what you've got London, 
France. But that, that's the problem. France, I think the problem with three in general is that it, it doesn't. It you people were expecting it to start like hit the ground running, and it doesn't, and it's very subdued and very sort of slow paced. And I think that, and I'm not saying it's it's um, a, a good thing. I think in, in some ways this is the problem. Is so it starts slow and it starts with these quite drab and dreary levels rather than sort of like you know maybe something a bit more like I wonder <coughs> if it wouldn't have been better to have started the game with the young Drake in Colombia mm-hmm. and started it from that point and then found a way to to go to London and, and so on even the Lost City I wasn't completely I was like okay yeah it's it's like a Lost City ah I thought that was awesome like, yeah I thought but but it, I I kind of wonder if it's also a thing where like kind of like how I was saying on the Bioshock two episode like where you people going into Uncharted three they kind of knew to expect big giant sequences mm. so that when it happened again maybe for some it didn't really connect as much as it did for like me or Jay because they they were like okay yeah this is gonna be a part where he's places blowing up and yeah, he's got I mean, escape it, and everything like that it has fundamentals of Uncharted through it and you can't get yeah. away from yeah that because the Uncharted two is quite different in its approach to Uncharted 1 where 3 sure, you could yeah. say is is you know similar to Uncharted 2 even mm-hmm. tonally it's not quite but yeah similar style of gameplay I'm afraid to say that our only other forum correspondent for this particular game is is another negative one but um we can only read out those which we received so Tozinho Todinho says Uncharted 3 was the biggest disappointment of 2011 for me. The game just didn't click with me at all. The combat managed to feel worse than Uncharted 1 and 2, taking a lot of retries to get through. Those chase sequences also felt very awkward to control and I found myself hating very early in the game. The set pieces that enhanced Uncharted 2 were back, but this time they seemed to be put before everything else, despite it making sense or not for them to be there. Like that part on the ship that wastes a lot of time and contributes almost nothing to the plot. The villains had potential, but were completely wasted by not being given the necessary time on screen. And I can see what they were trying to do with Drake's character in this game, but it just didn't work for me at all. I'm hesitant to call Uncharted 3 a bad game. Even if it failed to me in all levels, I expected it to succeed mainly because of the amount of work and polish that went into it, and how other people may find it more affecting than I. But for me, this stands as the black sheep of the Uncharted saga, <laughs> and one that should be avoided. Uh, maybe Tadinho hasn't played Golden Abyss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead. But again, just, yeah, just um, those, are the, those are the comments we had. Mm-hmm. Um, the three-word reviews were obviously, you know, we've got a number more of those, so... Yeah, see, we might get a greater sense, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't disagree with people, but it's mm. it's mm. to to. I've only had it's only going by going back and replaying it again mm-hmm. that I've had a, a you know that a, it's give it a different perspective. And like I said, I've had the same reaction with other games before when I've done the same thing, such as Mirror's Edge. I remember when I first played that when it came out, I didn't like it. I hate. I, I didn't hate it, but it just it it bored Did me. Nothing, and then. Yeah. Like a year later, I play it again, and there's a lot of reasons for this. So sometimes it's just when you try playing the games when they're released, there's distractions. Other times it's mm-hmm. like where you are when you're playing them changes, and and the person you are, mm-hmm. you, you know, over a course of a year can change, and your perspectives change mm-hmm. through various reasons. I yeah. feel that if if people, I'd like to see if people go back now that it's free on Plus and and replay, even if it's replay just certain levels. There's there's Without question, there's redeemable qualities in this game. 
and, and some quite stunning moments. And there's the hype factor. Yeah. Uh, you do yeah. wonder if, although, you know, we, as we said, those reviews on average were, you know, 4% mm. lower, whatever that means. Um, people would have been going into this perhaps expecting, hoping something that trumped Uncharted 2, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a dearly beloved game for, for a number of reasons. One, because it's, you know, very good and partly, also partly because it, it was, you know, by most people's reckoning, a, a big step up from the first game. Perhaps people expecting just an obvious, huge, you know, other step in that direction could only ever be disappointed because, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, with both the, you know, the, the talent time budget available at the studio and the, and the hardware that they were making it on, how could they possibly trump two to the same level that two trumped one? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it the totally. first time that um, Naughty Dog were working on two games concurrently? I mean, yeah, it was. They, I imagine they, so. they, they, um, they didn't even announce that they had a second team until they uh, announced <laughs> yeah, the last of yeah. us. So. What a surprise! Yeah, no, no, they didn't no. even know themselves. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, because um, apologies to listeners if this issue sounds slightly more disjointed than usual, but um, it's all Sean's fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, no, it's actually Blame we've had on some. The American. Yeah, we've had some <laughs> Skype issues, but uh, so I don't actually know how long we're running. But no doubt Jay will edit mm. the show down into a into a into the correct size. But let's just briefly touch upon the multiplayer. So I think Sean probably the only person who put a bunch of time into this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played a ton. Did you of play it. a lot of two multiplayer? Yeah, yeah, I okay. really like. Um, I like multiplayer third person shooters in general, mm-hmm. but I really yeah. like how Uncharted adds the verticality. Yeah everything and it, it's I, a laugh it's not a serious game is it but no, it's fun not at all. yeah it's, it's it's totally meant to be fun like they have those stupid taunts you can do and you have yeah. to kill somebody and you can jump around and do crazy poses fat, and stuff and it's fat totally drake. meant to be just yeah <laughs> donut drake and donut uh, drake yeah <laughs> yeah it's um, just totally meant to just be a, a breeze and just have fun with it yeah um but that said uh when I, on the on the few occasions i have jumped online um because I, I enjoy it as well. I, I only played the, the three multiplayer very briefly. And of course, as we said, it is now available in a free to play model. Um, I'm sure there's plenty there's content. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much you have to pay beyond mm. the cap or, or what things cost, but um, it's there. You can, you can try it out. Um, but it, it is just a lot of fun. But having said that, there are people who take it ever so seriously. Oh yeah. You'll find that with any kind of, Absolutely, shooter really, but I mean they're, they're doing they're doing tournament systems now and stuff mm. on there. They, they've added that recently. Um, yeah, people, some people take it seriously, but there's a, most people seem to be just playing it for fun. And it's still it's two years later, and it's still just as packed as really Uncharted Two. People are still playing that a lot too. So yeah, it seems it seems popular, you know. Yeah. Um, are you still on it ever ever? Oh yeah, I, I was playing it just last night. <laughs> Yeah. Um, any yeah. significant differences between the two and three multiplayer component experience? Um, there's yeah. There's they they added um they kind of Call of Duty did a little bit. They added a sprint option, um, which seemed really weird at first for a third person game to have a sprint button where you're mm. already running in the first place. Mm. There's that they added like kill streaks. Um, mm. There's one thing that they did though that I haven't seen before in a third-person shooter multiplayer experience where if the if some team's getting like decimated and it's like 30 to 10 team deathmatch or something like that they'll 
they'll throw in what's called like a power play. And what it'll do is it'll like it can do different things at different times where like the, the team that's winning will have half health for about 30 seconds or um, you'll have a marked man where you have to kill this one guy and it'll count as two kills. And it really did a great job of balancing um, if you were getting like just destroyed which is always a thing that can turn people off to multiplayer games. You you hop in, you get like, you know, zero to 10 kill death ratio and you're out, you know, but they did a really good job of balancing it. So which one's best to play? Um, I think the hardcore community would tell you actually that two, Mm. uh, feels a little more balanced, but I think that might have somewhat to do with it. Just being the first one, you have a little more nostalgia for it. Yeah, um, I think I remember some more fantastic arenas in two. You know, the way it looked, oh, yeah. and, and stuff. so much so that their DLC was almost <laughs> to much people's chagrin, yeah. almost all multiplayer from the second one. So yeah, people didn't yeah. like that. I liked it though. They they changed the lap, maps up a little bit, but that's the an maps old, are fun. So that's an old trick though. They they all do that, or even the big yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. Call of Duty does it too. Tony yeah. or Jay, did you play the multiplayer at all? I've already spent. A, I, I meant to check exactly how long I've spent because I, I I think I've spent more time playing co-op than um than mm. the multiplayer. Mm. Yeah, we should have talked about the co-op. Yeah. My, yeah, my I, bad. Uh, I didn't play any co-op in three, um, which is a shame. It, it, does it come as part of the uh, PS Plus single player download or not? Or no is idea. it part of the I multiplayer? So. Who knows? I I, I, mean, no I got the game of the year edition this time around, so that has all the oh. stuff bundled in into it. So. But uh, no, I mean, I I played a fair bit of co-op on two, uh, and yeah, I played a little bit of that. multiplayer it was good. on two. But uh, yeah, as yet, co-op's I, always fun. I haven't tried it, three know. at all, as we said. Unless the there, mechanics there, are absolutely shit, co-op is going to be fun. <laughs> they're, they're cute little fanfic side stories too that make no, they have no continuity at all within the rest of the series. But they're oh, right. fun little aside. Do you play through chunks of the story? I'd read that today. You like? Uh, but different, like they. You play the same areas, but the, like the story will be entirely different. Mm, okay. Like they, they'll throw in the bad guys from the last two games. Like there's a whole, it's a uh, Flynn and Lazarevich and uh, Eddie Raja <laughs> all together working together, and then there's a co-op mission where you play as all three of them, and it's it, it's fun little stuff. It, it's totally not in any continuity though. You got platinums on all these Uncharted games? Sean? On the uh, second one, I do. I'm one trophy away from the third one, and not at all. And what is that? I got, like fifty I mean, on the first one. Hardcore. Hmm? What's What's the one you're missing for your platinum? Uh, it's It's just the um, um, the treasures. Um, I gotta find like ten more of those. That should be easy uh, enough. So, so how do they actually? It is. You, have you gone through and played them on? What's the, What's the hardest difficulty you refer crushing. to? Crushing. And, crushing. and I assume, yeah, yeah us moaning about normal being hard. So, I was crushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, especially those. I would think most people think the last few bits of each game are the hardest parts because you have the enemies that are double health or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those those Ghost Rider guys are all real hard on crushing difficulty, like super hard. Like that's, like I kind of um, laughed at when that, that one guy said. Uh, 20 to 30 retries, but definitely on crushing, it's just ridiculous mm. how long it That's takes. Like playing but... Call of Duty on Veteran, yeah. Right. You know yeah. you're going into it, so don't complain. <laughs> I don't fancy yeah. that at all. Not 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 with the, the game being such as it is. I definitely prefer the Uncharted experience to be, you know, Charted. maybe occasionally a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sure. just like you a, have, a, you definitely a have, blast. Have to, you have to like the mechanics of that game to <laughs> really put that kind of effort into it, but let us briefly then turn to Uncharted Golden Abyss. Uh, a couple of 
brief missives from the forum. Buckled Kipper, I quite enjoyed Golden Abyss. Sure, it's not up there with two, but I still found it a good yarn. It looks lovely, especially in some of the later levels, and the gyro aiming is aces. Rubbing artifacts can do one, though. And uh, Alex79UK, once again, he says, yeah, not a great deal to say, really. Story forgettable, but a worthwhile playthrough on a new machine. I'd have been annoyed if I'd paid full whack, but it was a fun enough diversion for a PlayStation Plus freebie. Forced touchscreen and gyro balancing was a pain, but I can understand why they had to put it in. I think, yes, that's almost certainly true. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's fair to compare this to the main trilogy, and it's hard to fault on paper. It just seemed a bit, I don't know, charmless, almost a bit clinical. A showcase for the hardware, perhaps, but certainly not one I regret spending time with. Uh, Sean, uh, mm-hmm. do you feel the same way? Yeah, I would, I would pretty much agree with that. It didn't really... Um... I thought you hated it. Oh, I didn't, Well, I think it's... Very clearly the worst of the four. Okay, see, I disagree. Yeah. Oh man, no way. I feel like the story itself is just not nearly as fun, and the writing, like you, you totally miss Amy Hennig's Henning Hennig's Amy Hennig's. uh, Mm -hmm. Totally miss her presence in there. There's, there's there's, Chase is a kind of neat, interesting new character. Chase is a very good character. Another another really interestingly uh, written female character. Mm Mm-hmm. But the the. You know, it's unfortunate that it was a Vita launch title, and like he said, you had to throw in all that stuff in there because that stuff is mm. a real bitch. Like the the whole QTE stuff where you have to swipe up and down, left and right for the punching, Ugh. it just feels awful. Yeah, avoid the, it. I like the the gyro. He was saying the gyro, um, gyro sniping is actually kind of fun and, and mm-hmm. it works pretty well. But the yeah, the gyro balancing they pulled that out of Uncharted One. Like no one liked it in Uncharted I One. D- and, I mean, I, I I feel it's very similar to Uncharted One. It, it's only doesn't get anywhere close to its bigger brethren but um it it has more set pieces than uncharted one does yeah i think after you've you know you've gone through the series to go back to one now seems quite weird not to have those there so i i, mm-hmm. I appreciate that i think chase was a, a fairly interesting character this, the story yeah. once again is a little absurd so but um it, it suffers mm. from so you know, it being the first person sony title and them wanting you to use everything on that on yeah. that device and even when it makes no sense to do so such as climbing you know dragging your finger climbing <laughs> yeah. up walls like just <sighs> use... you're not forced to do that yeah, you're not, no you're not but fair play to them um you know it's it's all there but the one thing they do leave which they force you to do is every time you walk over a lock a log you need to balance <laughs> every time and yeah. every time you'll never make it across the log i did i, I think i failed every single time whether my Ugh. my gyro was out of some i was just doing it wrong your gyro's out yeah, Tony. I, your internal yeah, gyro. i'm just i'm sitting on lean all the time i'm sure sony will say that, crooked spinal that was the case but um gardening but um the, the thing is with that is they they do the log walk probably like 40 times in the game like yeah. just just purely because they want you to and so it makes no sense like no other point in any other uncharted game would you have a log walk 40 times it's just like hey we got this feature and the rubbing mm-hmm. and stuff in my brief time with the game and as i say i had two copies because i got a physical one with the game which i never unsealed and, and my playstation plus copy i did have to walk across one log and uh, i did it first time oh, Tony. congratulations <laughs> but well i mean i i paid i mean this is once again going back still to, suck though going back to my uh <laughs> I think people getting games kind of like on the on the cheap or with PlayStation Plus. I I paid the money um, full price to get this Me as too. a cart yeah. because I wanted mm. to to you know, experience the platform. And it does. I, I tell you what, it 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 shows off the Vita, and you know some of those some mm. of the, the draw distances. Yeah, yeah, there's a tech demo. It's 
it's flipping it phenomenal. Flipping. Some of that, once yeah. again, the later levels you need to get through the the earlier kind of mm-hmm. Sony. You need to do everything like this. But like, I think it's not without merit. I don't think it's one of those ones where you could say, "Don't play it." I, I think yeah, you could just stick with the main trilogy and be. How happy. do they fit all that game on those tiny cards? <laughs> that is the magic what? thing. They're going to find that at the, one of these tombs at the very end. They're too small those cartridges, aren't they? You, yeah. They're just yeah. so losable. Um, I thought DS cards used to be small. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sony Bend. Um, studio subsidiary of Sony Computer Entertainment um, have a, a, a checkered past. Um, they worked on a, a whole load of siphon filter games for PSP and PS2 that were moderately, you know, quite well like received, right. to be fair. Yeah. And the Resistance Retribution game on the PSP. And they're currently at work on uh, Uncharted uh, Fight for Fortune, the next Vita installment. But uh, if you uh, if you want to really uh, find a shitty stick to beat them with, you can uh, look back to their early past as eidetic and they were responsible for bubsy, bubsy 3d yeah. on the on the playstation uh, uh even by bubsy standards as i recall that was a shit bubsy so um but i'm sure but, they've come on a long way what i will say then. is um it is set before um drake's fortune mm-hmm. and once again he gets off of the girl cool. at the very end so you know it, you one d- thing they did actually in a way almost better than the other ones was they um the artifacts and stuff that you find, like you actually do feel like a adventurer in that respect. Like in in the other games, he just walks by, picks stuff up, and that's it. Mm. But in this stuff, he'll like you'll you have to do the rubbing shit, which mm. is kind of dumb. But then you mm. he'll like talk about the artifact and how it relates to the overall story of what's going on throughout the game. So that part was kind of neat. And I'd I'd kind of like to see that brought into the main series if if they power on they do it, but. Like, yeah, like it does feel kind of, kind of, kind of stupid in the in the main games where you just w- walk around a corner mm-hmm. and there's just a, a golden trinket on the floor. It, you know, even even those maligned uh, mini tombs in in the Tomb Raider reboot. At least you had to do a little work to get your <laughs> yeah. yeah to get your stuff. Um, like a, although actually that that game had a load of shit lying around as well. So <laughs> I retract that. Curse of the collectibles. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, let us turn to three word reviews before we give our own summaries and let us do it in traditional alphabetical order uh john cranston uh best bromance ever andy goddard thinks that there's not enough elena cole kenobi says good not great link 6616 child drake interesting uh, michael moran uh script I repeat. Kevin Moore says trial and error. Glenn Watts says too many set pieces. Pixel Omen, not as good. Neil Simpson, poorer than others. Andy Duncan says tried too hard. Alex7UK says boring child levels. Which goes against the interesting levels, but okay. Uh, yeah. Stephen Santana, Santana, <laughs> like Carlos, C- but probably Stephen... not quite as good at, as guitar. <laughs> Stephen Santana, Sully should have died. I yeah, want that to would come back to... okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, fin- I was finish. I say uh, that would have been uh, interesting. Uh, uh, see, I don't. It would have hurt. Kinda... Yeah, it would have hurt, but I mean, I don't think the game earned a death from him. Like he's such a likable character. Like I think we would have been a little more like bummed out by it rather than felt like they earned that death from mm. him. Mm. 
I, I know what you mean. I, I felt at the time I was like, oh, if you're going to lose such a big character, it could have been a slightly more dramatic than that. I, I just felt the way it was uh, it was handled was like, I never yeah, quite I was sure. I was like, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I'll just kind of, because as he kind of died in every game. <laughs> You yeah, know, that's yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been the cry wolf situation where yeah. where Nate was going kind of like, "Oh, come on, you always do this. Get up!" And then eventually he's he's not moving. And then well, it's I think like he's, he's done pretty well in this. Like, yeah, Simba. There's a better performance in this one because, like, you know, it's it's he just sort of stands there. He and loses then, it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then you know, Drake goes on like a revenge thing for him, don't he? So mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I like the way it was handled in this more than say the first one. Um, mm-hmm. certainly but you know anyway uh, Kazimod <laughs> says ludonarrative dissonance mofos <laughs> well said and uh, let us conclude then with our own summaries of uh, Uncharted 3 experience probably yes focusing on Uncharted 3 not really worrying about Golden Abyss anymore Um it was uh, suggested. We do gen- genuinely um, try to uh, give every game its due, and we, you know, we did kind of as part of our Kane and Rince policy was to, you know, treat each game as equal as the next. And so, by that token, Golden Abyss probably should have had its own issue. But in all honesty, we didn't think there was enough to to well, say I about think, it. I think maybe you could have got a shout of it, but with the trilogy being as a set trilogy, it's like a piece of, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it feels yeah, like story. you know that's the way to to tackle it. Um, you know, I I would say if you if you've got a Vita, you'd play far worse on that if uh, than oh, to yeah. play uh, yeah, Golden Abyss. Sure. But yes, um, doesn't get the full treatment. So apologies for that. Um, I doubt there'll be too many people beating our doors down about it though. <laughs> but yes, Uncharted Three: Drake's Deception. Jay. Well, I think I've said all. I, you know, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna stand by the way I feel about this game because it's the way I feel about this game. <laughs> um, Good on you. If, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it, it, you know, when I originally played it, I didn't have that high an opinion of it. But over time, I've gone back and, and sat and played it properly. Uh, and I'm not saying that people who have, <laughs> I'm not saying that like the people tone, criticized the it didn't, but it's, it's, you know, there's a, there's, there's loads of factors that play into it when we play games, at what time, when we play them, what else are we playing distractions from all kinds of things. And I think these do reflect on, on your, they can have an impact on your opinion of a game. Now I think given time, given like, you know, all the hype has died down, the game's kind of been forgotten to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, going back now and playing it, I had a better, uh, I say recently, it was ages ago when I had this reflection on it, but it was, you know, I, it is a better game than I think it, it, the people maybe pick up on it, pick on its flaws a little too much at times, but you know, each to their own. Um, I think I stand by it. I think it's the best in the series for a lot of reasons. Like narratively, I think it's stronger than the rest. Um, the set pieces are sublime, incredible, uh, easily surpassed the, the you know the technical stuff that they pulled off with too. Um, and there it is, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Well said. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm sticking it to him. Um, yeah, I just uh, as I say, for for whatever reason, maybe it's because it was the third one, and um, maybe it was the fact that I was a little tired of 
some of the mechanics and you know the the fact that neither the platforming nor the shooting is best in breed things we've things we've said um meant that i didn't i don't have the same affection for uncharted 3 as i do for the other two but yeah i don't necessarily think it's a worse game um and as ever, you know, if I had infinite time, um, you know, the fact that I could now download it after about three days uh, <laughs> onto my onto my PS3 and and play it through again, I would definitely do that. And 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 as Jay says, give it another chance. Maybe even play it on a lower difficulty than normal. Maybe I'd enjoy it more, get into the story more and stuff. I certainly remember having a fine time with it and and thinking, God, why why is everyone so down on this? Um, and thinking, yeah, I understand why. You know, generally the reviewers have been kind to this game, 92%, you know, on average across the board. Good scores. Um, yeah, I felt it earned those. Um, it has the same flaws as the other games. Uh, it does have a slightly different feel. Um, it is true. But, um, yeah, it's another game that I definitely don't feel, don't believe is essential. I don't think it does anything significant for gaming or anything like that. But you could have a lot worse time doing any number of other things. And um, certainly if you enjoyed the previous two games in this series, um, I'd, uh, yeah, even though so many of our correspondents seem very down on the game, I, I don't really think it deserves that. And I do think it, I think Jay's probably right. Not that it's the best in the series necessarily, but that it is worth revisiting. Sean. I love Uncharted 3. Um, I kind of tend to agree a little bit more with Jay. Not Not so much that, I would put it kind of right next to Uncharted 2, but for different reasons. Like, I think mm-hmm. I think Uncharted 3 certainly looks better, and that's just a matter of two years later, they mm. just learned more how to make a game better and, or look better. Mm. And um, I think it looks better. I think uh, some of it plays better. Um, they added some, except, except for pre-patch, I'm talking more post-patch, it plays better. And, and they added some things to the gameplay, like throwing back grenades and stuff, that I think add a little more fun to the gameplay. Um like the story is not as probably not as memorable as the second one, and then and maybe that's just the the curse of being the third and not you know coming first. But I still think it's it's just as you can have just as much fun with it if you if you really give it the chance that I think it deserves. Well said. Let's conclude with Tony. Um, I I appreciate the fact actually that all three games feel fairly different from each other um playing them so close to each other right and i think that i clearly naughty dog understood that that had to be the case there was actually no point in just remaking uncharted 2 again um maybe from a company standpoint that would have been boring uh i don't think they were entirely successful with free with the tone that they were going for i i applaud them and i think it was brave after uncharted 2's breakout success i think for the company really Oh, the breakouts, they've had great, great games in the past, but, you know, Uncharted 2 is loved massively, well, almost universally. There is some people out there that obviously don't, but, yeah, it's loved, a very much loved game. Um, I think it has some absolutely great set pieces, but as I said before, I don't think as a whole it glues together as well as 2, and I think maybe that's just because 2's a lot more fun. Um, and so I... I think it's for me. It, it's it's second. I, I prefer. I would rather play through Uncharted three versus Uncharted one again, or Uncharted. Um, but I think two still holds the crown there. But yeah, if 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 you haven't played it before and you have this new PS Pass and you can take the time to download it or you have the room to do so, then I really think you know eight hours 
if you if you can stick with it for the first difficult I, I believe first three or four hours then there's a lot to love about that second half of the game and some really interesting character performances and there's bound to be an Uncharted 4 on PlayStation 4 so why not do it now before all that stuff finally overwhelms you so yeah a thumbs up for me but I don't think it's amazing not amazing says Tony but amazing says Jay and Sean <laughs> not amazing says Leon <laughs> stay on mate but you should play it. I think we all agree with that. It is a good video game. <laughs> some other good video games coming up on Kane Rinse Volume 2, and possibly some not-so-good ones, include Fez. <laughs> and at the time of recording, Fez 2 has just been Yay. announced, as if by magic. I have friends in high places. <laughs> <laughs> Following that, we have Aliens, Colonial Marines. Dishonored. I need to play that. I expect Tony does as well. <laughs> Minecraft with Darren Gargett. Tomb Raider, the reboot. El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. DMC, Devil May Cry. Deadly Premonition. Star Wing and Lilat Wars, or Star Fox and Star Fox 64. If you're Sean. <laughs> you're so lucky. You never had to play Lilat Wars. I don't even. I never even heard that name it's until ridiculous. we started doing this. Yeah. yeah, there was a game, uh, it, was a, it was an Areola soft game that came out in 1987 or something like that called Star Fox. So mm-hmm. when Star, Wing, Star Fox came out in 93, that copyright was still in existence. I remember thinking as a kid, what the hell was a lilac? <laughs> you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> Old man Leon. That's appalling. <laughs> yeah, it was the lilac system, you see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk about that on the podcast. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Sorry, Jay, can you do that one for Tom me? Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos Theory. And no doubt some uh, talk about the the, the Tom Clancy, uh, well, particularly the Splinter Cell, probably not all the Tom Clancy games because there are fucking loads of them. But the Splinter Cell thang. <laughs> Um, then there's Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy, if you're Sean. Yeah. Uh, Super Meat Boy, L.A. Noir, Psychonauts, and Heavy Rain, mm. or Pile of Shit, if you're Jay. <laughs> or not that bad, if you're Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we got along this episode, but then, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we now have merchandise available. Kane and Rince branded T-shirts... Sweatshirts, hoodies, iPhone cases. What else we got? Uh, nothing at the moment. That's it. <laughs> oh, chil- <laughs> children's it. Okay. t-shirts as well. <laughs> children's oh. wear. Ah. Uh, all available at canarince.spreadshirt.co.uk. Thank you for your attention. They're very cool. You can take a look at our quick rinse videos as ever via the blog or indeed the YouTube channel, also Kane and Rince, as is our Twitter, at Kane and Rince, as is our Facebook.com slash Kane and Rince. And of course, please do support us with your subscriptions, reviews, and or ratings on iTunes. You can check out the Kane and Rince periodical. And how do they download that, Jay? Uh, via the blog. There we go. Uh, yeah, we can't have it on... We can't have it on Apple uh, iTunes for some it's reason. It's just too good for Apple, apparently. <laughs> oh, they're, they're ridiculously stringent policies, but hey. Um, check out the Kane and Rinse Minecraft server. 
please and come and join the Cane and Rinse community, uh, which is can be found on our forum, which is caneandrinse.com forward slash forum. 201 members as of this evening. An achievement unlocked or a trophy. Yeah. Uh, all this and more can be found at caneandrinse.com. Thank you for your attention once again. It just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony, Jay and Sean, and we'll leave you with some of that stirring music, as usual. Until next time, goodbye.